Well, if you don't like my show, don't curse your radio You know that no one likes my company anyway But if you listen closely and talk intelligently Then maybe you can be a disappointment Ladies and gentlemen, it is the top of the hour. It is Thursday. It's the time of the week that you resent, hate, and miss, and wish it was never going to happen. I am your disappointment for the evening, and on this week's installment of the Disappointing Radio Hour, we have the not-so-disappointing Dirty Fuss, a band from Nashville who's making great waves in rock and roll style musics in new waves that's never been heard before. On mic two, we have... Aaron. And... Addison. Love it. On mic three, we have... Lee. And on mic four... Taylor. Now, for the people listening at home, oh, I feel so good we can say fuck. I'm just going to throw the first one out there <laughs> so right. you guys can get the tone of the interview. Because we can swear. I'll edit this. It's going to be great. Uh, so, let's go through the, the, the round table of musicians here. Let's go through who does what. And I have a few questions for after you get your introduction of instruments down. So who's the singer, who's the guitar player, who's the drummer, and who's the, I want to say, lead guitar? I think there's two guitar yeah. players in the band. For See, sure, I'm fucking, man. I'm all right. You no, know, you did your homework a little bit. <laughs> You're right. Uh, yeah, my name's Aaron. I'm the singer. Uh, I play a little rhythm guitar, and that's me. Okay. My name's Addison, and I play the drums, and I party. I love it. I'm um, Lee. I play bass. <laughs> and I'm Taylor. I play lead guitar. Okay. Now, is there a trade-off for who sings? Uh, I sing mostly. And mostly, we, we do some harmonies. We do some uh, a couple songs with like some callback stuff going on. So Taylor and Addison sing a little bit as well. Okay, cool. Um, now I took a couple notes down here about you guys so I could act professional when I'm really not. "Hold Me Down" is the most predominantly listened to song on your guys' Spotify with three thousand five hundred ish listeners. Woo! top of the charts for your guys' Spotify. What sets that song apart from all your others? Not to take a shit on your guys' <laughs> other songs, but it definitely it definitely has a multiple thousand listeners over other listeners. So I'm just trying to figure out what where that comes from. That might be like the pinnacle of our pop like uh, okay. accessible. I also okay. think it's just a logistical thing. It was the first song we ever released. So it's got about a year it, it had more time in the slow the cooker. It had far more exposure. Than um, most of the it also got a lot of radio play on a local Nashville station. Okay. 100, which definitely gave us a nice boost. That's really nice. Now, your album, American Animals, is your only album, right? Yes, sir. And the rest of them are EPs or singles? Yes, sir. Okay. Why the masks? <laughs> Can I ask, like... When I first saw it, I was like, are these guys going to come in masks and like not want me to see their faces? I'm, gonna be a yeah. I'm a little bummed out if, if they're just going to be like, I'm the rooster, I'm the sheep, and it's like, a shitty uh, version of this is really weird on radio, but I'll fucking go with it. Um, I think it was honestly, man, it just came from a place of like, I had the idea for um, the theme of the album. So American Animals was a, was a band name possibility originally Yeah, uh, before we settled on Dirty Fuss, and then... As we were doing the album and coming up with it, we just kept going back to it because it's a fucking great name. Of course. Um, Which I I loved the whole artwork of the album. I liked the name. I liked the the little bio that it had about it. And I also liked the fact that like it gave me 
a Beatles slash Gorillas yeah, yeah. feel for the the two by two well, grid of image. Ripped off, uh, I think, and, I think uh, millions of days. musicians have mooched off that Absolutely. because you there's just to. something about the format that's just appealing to the eye. Yeah, and no one has a trademark on good looking album covers. No. Yeah, yeah, so so and fuck that. If you're that. gonna steal, you might as well steal from steal, from steal something yeah, good. Steal yeah, something you, if you're gonna good. steal, don't steal from a fucking hip hop artist who hip-hop. lives oh you mean don't, big smo dude do not shit about big do not even get me started on hip hop i fucking hate it i cannot stand the way that the horses are in the fucking back and i'm like i'm gonna tear, i got the horses in the back i'm gonna tear my dick off if i hear it one more time like i can't stand hip hop my country music is to the extent of like the 60s, 70s, and 80s oh, of like cool. Highwaymen, like from that era and before, and then all the musicians who are played not on radio. Because what I have found, at least through my 20 years of existence, is that the best musicians are never played on the radio at first. It's a that's a valid argument. I think so. I think, because uh, a lot of the underground country artists that at least I listen to, like Jason Isabel, Cody Jenks, Whitey Morgan, and people like that. They're never really played on the radio, including Blackberry Smoke, who has finally gotten a little bit of playtime. Taylor but, loves Blackberry Smoke. Uh, <laughs> I know Blackberry Smoke very personally, Ooh. and we'll we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, got a, now you got, got Taylor going. Right now. <laughs> I do have two bumper stickers. That's yeah. really funny. Uh, when they so quick story. This would be the best time to tell this story. When I was a about twelve or thirteen, I want to say I was in Wisconsin for a wedding, which I wasn't planning on going to, regardless. And it was a Catholic wedding, so it was like 14 hours long or something like that. I may be underestimating, but it was pretty fucking long. (laughs) And I originally wasn't going to go, but my dad was like, hey, Blackberry Smoke is opening up for Zach Brown Band and Levi Lowry in Wisconsin. And I was like, holy shit, that sounds like a really cool concert because I, being the person I am, am the only 12-year-old that listens to Blackberry Smoke, (laughs) at least to my knowledge. So this would be a cool concert. So we end up getting backstage passes. And my dad's like, here's the deal. You can either get them for Zach Brown Band, but it's going to be a photo, one photo. You're not going to ask questions. Or we can buy backstage passes to go meet Blackberry Smoke, a band that me and my dad had listened to a little bit, but not like extensively known. And that was probably the best decision of our lives. Because after that, they gave, a, they gave me their phone number. They what? sent Charlie, the main singer, sends me happy birthday wishes on Instagram wow. oh, every shit. year. Like, it's a big deal. And oh. he's, a, he's a very oh, nice oh, friend of mine. Yeah. Taylor, you messed up, dude. Yeah, we're definitely talking. We're definitely going to be talking afterwards. But yeah, so long story short, I end up every year, Blackberry Smoke tours through Ohio and they always come to the Rose Music Center. And every year I'll go backstage and we'll do a little bit of shenanigans and it's and it's quite a lot of fun. So I'm glad that there's someone else that at least appreciates that story because all my friends are like, so fucking what? Like they who? have no, they're like Blackberry, huh? Smoky who? And it's like, that's not even all the words. So yeah. What about, what about you guys? What's the bands that really you grew up listening to? That would help me at least solidify my reasoning for, oh, this is maybe where this sound comes from. Cause your guys' sound is all over the place. Not that that's a bad thing. I love it. I just think that there's a lot of fighting for dominance for your genre of music from either 60s and 70s rock kind of feel from an Iggy style 
the stardust kind of vocals mixed in with like metallica ish guitar playing and it's all over the place and it's great it's a jungle of music and i think that's what music should be it's a jungle there's not one specimen there's not one tree there's a rainforest of rhythm going on oh my god dude with the alliteration you're fucking <laughs> right? on top of it i know for me i i always hated music that most kids my age were listening to so i grew up constantly listening to just alice cooper Ooh, yes. Can you talk a little closer for me? You're um, fine. Stuff that was like mainly like studio musicians, pretty much. So if there was like a studio band that would then go out on the road, people who just had that shit down. Like, yeah. Type musicians. Because everybody then, wants to be able to sing along. Yeah. So, but isn't like, it the best when you get a song that if you maybe may you may still know it because it's a different artist, but like, isn't it so much fun to have a musician that you fucking adore do a song that like is not theirs that they can absolutely kill. Like oh, the best yeah. example I can give of this is when I saw Jason Isbell open up for Dwight Yoakam in Florida. He played Whipping Post by the Allman Brothers and I nearly shit my pants. I it was it the was tight. Yeah. it was the best thing I've ever heard yeah. musically or when Jamie Johnson did uh Last Dance of Mary Jane after Tom Petty died. That was also like one of the best things I've ever fucking heard in my life. So it was just more of like just getting getting worlds colliding and i think mm -hmm. that's what the best parts of music are is when really worlds collide and they can form these little explosions of new genres of or music like connections that you didn't yeah really place or, before or new ways to do sound in yeah. terms of like oh i've heard that song before but not done in that not way like that like i know yeah, when chris yeah. stapleton did uh nothing compares to you after prince died oh my god like that was a whole different way to do that song and yet he made it his own yeah. so i guess my one of my questions for you guys is there is there any song that maybe is not on an album that's potentially a cover but is going to be done in your own way that's kind of in the workshops now or maybe we'll theorize one right now together <laughs> i mean we do a lot of covers yeah we, we do three hour sets a lot of nights okay so sort of forced to do covers yeah <laughs> do some covers already i would say probably the most surprising one we do ophelia by the band oh okay um and we do a pretty straight up version of it but i remember we did a show in my hometown and my dad was there and he was like do you do it in a very different way, or do you really do we it to the much same? Do it straight up, man. I was about to, I, I was about to ask, like, do you do the same it, like, chord progressions yeah, and yeah. same kind of vocals, and to an extent, hold the notes as long as they do? Because yeah, I know yeah. Willie Nelson is absolutely notorious for never singing any of his songs live the same way he does in the studio. He cuts them off way shorter at different timings, or he'll play guitar differently. So it's his chance to really do something different with those songs. So I didn't know if you guys had anything in the workshop t in terms of like, I don't know, like. I've always wanted to hear something not completely off genre, which we've heard before, like Cody Jenks covered um, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd, which was a good example of that. But I want something a little bit wider of a gap. Like yeah, I'm yeah. talking almost a rock and roll Southern band cover like a Biggie Small song. You're talking or like about a Tupac like when that lounge singer guy did uh, Get Down With The Sickness. Yeah, Richard or something Cheese, like man. that. Yeah. Like I need some kind of I think bridge. we're still searching for our touchstone that way. <laughs> bridge between Something genres. That extreme? Yeah, I think we're still working on that. We've got a couple covers that we really just they're covers, but it's really just us doing them. So yeah. like whatever we feel for that song is just gonna be represented by right. of us at that moment. And honestly, we work I mean, we all work full time, so it's like we do these three hour gigs to get ready for something like that. You know, yeah. an incredible amount of man hours just go into learning all those songs and getting them to, to the point where it's tight enough that you could actually play it out and not be fucking embarrassed. Yeah. So, you know, we don't really, at this point, at least we don't actually even have the time to like really, you know, explore something like that and just be like, Hey, let's take a fucking, 
you know, like you're you said, more prone a, to a working on your own stuff. We're working on our own stuff. Yeah. And it's like, hey, let's pick an easy cover that we can learn today. Do you think you'll get to a point ever to God, where you I could say, so. hey, we've got <laughs> a lot of money? I mean, I think it'll happen. I think good skill and music persists no matter how hard the big corporations want it to die and conform yeah. to their views. I mean, we're just trying to get to where a bad baby is at. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited for your guys's venture into the world of music just Thanks. because yeah, it, it definitely sounds as is a great band that feels like they're not not getting a shot but at the same time not being given a shot i guess dude honestly man something that i've come to realize personally is that like all those instances that that people see like bad baby is a perfect fucking example you know, yeah she went on dr phil she talked a little trash and then the, the and next now she's week, famous she has a multi-million dollar record it's just deal. something that clicks with people at some point in your history like it's almost willing to say you should go out and do something really ridiculous but the thing is wearing though, like, your band shirts yeah. and then going hey did you see those assholes from dirty F i mean the hair i is can't a good get example. away with shit Dude, that hair is a perfect example of just like a branding for your specific like look. Like you, when I first saw the picture of your guys' Spotify bio, I was like, he looks like Blake from Workaholics. Yeah, but a little yeah. more gingery. We get people yeah. asked all the time if it's a wig. Oh, and I just give him this. It's you not know, like, oh no, no, I got it. For I was it. like, that looks like. Be oh, dude, that's it's, enrooted. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, it's, that's, it's, it's there. People can yank on it. But that's a beautiful <laughs> man hair mane that I'm they, not it's trying the to ever lose. Thing where it's like that's not real, or somebody will be staring at you. You're me. not real. You're Birds not aren't real. Fuck face. Relax. But yeah, so like I was saying, you know, the the idea of like being given a shot or whatever that means, you know, it's like you can wait your whole fucking life to be given a shot, and it's probably and it's never gonna come. You have to make your you own have shot. You to make your own shot. That's so, kind of what yeah. I've started to realize because we're just working our ass off, man. Like to, not to, to humble brag, happen. but I do do a lot of stand-up comedy around Dayton. I try to do a lot of open mics, and we just did our final for our stand-up class at the Funny Bone, and we had to do like 125 people, which was different because the only other time I had done 125 people, they were all black. Okay. <laughs> because I think I just resonate with black crowds which is a lot like a better. Very yeah. Which I'm fine room. because I didn't tell either any of you this, but I have a lot of black older brothers that I grew up with. Um, they all play for like the Yankees and Reds now, and I don't get to see them a lot. But that the Yankees, gave me like the baseball team. Yeah. So we can talk just about it. I don't, throw it. I don't Damn. Care. All right. Well, <laughs> you're gonna flex the fact that you're a band from Nashville. I gotta flex something. But uh, that gave me a chance to have a lot of ethnicity in the house, and it really gave me the comfortability to really play in front of crowds that were not like me yeah. like i that night i think i was the only white guy there and that was the best feeling because i, I was I the only white guy there too, yeah. that's an awesome feeling of like fuck yeah i'm like an oreo in a sea of dark chocolate you're glowing tonight dude awesome. yeah yeah this is great come on the stage you're like i am the cream let me let me ask you this <laughs> do you guys ever kind of survey audiences when you're on stage and go oh this is a lot of white people or like oh this is a lot of black people not that that's a bad thing but i think it's at least worth noting what kind of fans you pull in Honestly, I don't think I ever have ever noticed. I don't think we pay attention like that. I think it's we more don't of like, see wow, race. they're not just drunk. That, like the lights Take the fucking high road. <laughs> <to see. laughs> also, we like, don't look at race. Look the types at of places we play, like some bars will play like people are there just to like go have dinner or something and you're more like background noise or something. Whereas like other bars, places you play, like they want to hear live music. So I... I study the audience in that way. Like, yeah. Are they like actually listening how are they to the responding music? To like us how are they responding like, to this? Are I don't they... know, dude. We were at uh, when we played um, Blue Monkey in Memphis the other week. There was uh, a black family like sitting up they front. Were digging it, I man. had him 
in stitches, man. I was going off on this thing about hot dogs and how they're made of ass and lips. And that's he was, awesome. He was fucking. I had him in my pocket. They were. Yeah, into I was it. really. Yeah, about a that. lot of the rest of the people weren't. But no, at least but, we had but, them. But that's okay because okay. what I've yeah. learned from doing stand-up comedy is that if you look to try to make a whole audience laugh, you're gonna lose at some point because you're mm. trying to pull from too much stuff and you're not you can't catering. Get everybody. You're not catering yeah. to yourself on saying, "Hey, just do something that's funny to you." Yeah. And the few laughs that you get, you know, are genuine. Yeah. Like, I almost get way more excited if I do a joke that gets zero laughs, except one, one laugh in the dude. back. Because like, you know they fucking ah, loved God. it. Yeah, yeah they're slapping their I just had me. a daughter that was aborted. It's like, oh my <laughs> God. God. <laughs> yeah, those are definitely those are definitely better laughs. Um, But yeah, I, uh, I don't really have any more notes on your guys' band specifically, other than the fact that I did notice that you guys only have one explicit song. On your album, like well, there's, there's only one song that swears. Was that intentional? There's two. Um, Was there no. two? I may have missed there's one. There's two. The one of them, I say shit in one of them, and then in the other one, uh, <laughs> the theme of the song is about sucking the devil's dick. That's awesome. I yeah. say it a bunch. I'm of times. all about. That. We almost missed that when we were sending I, out to radio. Oh, I'm so all about that. I, I would have felt really bad if they put it on the air. No, you shouldn't because no, you'd be like, you know what? Funny. Maybe radio should play a little maybe you devil, dick, suck the sucking. devil dick sucking. Man. Maybe they should give some tip yeah. into the devil. But I just the tip. Just the tip. Yeah, exactly. But I fucking I love when musicians mess up. I love when they <laughs> mess up because it shows the realism. Well, you're, the, in, you're the only one in the people. <laughs> yeah. It, like when a musician falls off stage, he just missed his footing. Oh, when yeah. a musician accidentally publishes a song that has swears in it and gets in trouble, that's okay with me because it shows that that was their real intention for that song. He put shit there for a reason. Yeah. That word holds a certain strength, and you shouldn't take away with it because maybe children were here. Maybe your children should hear the word shit. Dude, you know? Maybe they need like, to grow the hell up. up Come on. At like age 11 and 12. Yeah. Like, that was the prime time to say fuck. And that shit was the best time kids. to say fuck. And tits and piss, piss and everything. Oh, man. Yeah. Everything George Carlin would be rolling over in his grave yeah. about right now. But yeah, I uh, I just didn't know if that was like an intentional move because I know a lot of bands will explicitly try to not swear on tracks because that gives them a better chance to be played on radio. Yeah. But then I also think no, if you're purposely that. trying to no. do that, you're taking away from your message of it's the music. It's definitely not a conscious choice. I will say that growing up, um, my dad always told me, you know, because he was like, he loves music. I think all of our dads were at some point like, stop saying fuck stop out loud. Saying fuck. Well, stop saying honky like, out a, loud to a bunch of white people just because you can. He's mm. a cool dude, but he's like, he's very uh, into music and he's always very like, you know, he thinks he knows about songwriting. Hi, dad. And uh, he would always be like, man, you can't, you should only throw in one or two curses in a song because otherwise it's like distracting and that's when I wrote the song. What about Rape Me? Dad, which what about, a, I was like, what about Rape Me from Nirvana? That's yeah, a great song. Yeah, he's not into Nirvana. He's See, not into Rape Me. that <laughs> right there, that's where the conversation starts. You ask people, like Jesus Freaks, my favorite question isn't to ask them like, how old do you think the earth is? Because I know they're going to answer 10,000 years or 4,000 years like a fucking dummy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm more interested to be like, what do you listen to in your off time? It's like, I like uh, only George Strait and nothing else. Oh, well, then our conversation is going to go absolutely hey man, all over. <laughs> yeah, I was like, not all of us can have good music taste, uh -huh. which I understand. But yeah, I, uh, I is there anything else you'd like to talk about specifically dirty fuss-wise? This is your chance. I'm, before we get into the hilarity that is these topics <laughs> that absolutely have no place being on a radio show, I was giving this as a last chance for you guys to really say anything. I mean, is there anything you'd like to plug? This won't come out, sadly, the sure, day sure. we're recording it. 
Um, It'll come out Thursday of next week. We're always on tour. So if uh, anybody wants to go to our website, www.dirtyfuss.com. Follow us on Instagram, Um, too. The landing page is our tour page. We got a bunch of dates coming up. We're going to be out the whole month of September. Um, So just fucking come out and see us, man. That's righteous. We'd love to have you at a show. I absolutely love it. If anything, I may try to come to tonight's show if I'm absolutely not busy. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we've uh, we've been cussing up a storm. We've been talking about music and them specifically. Let's start the show like everybody hates, which is topics that no one wants to talk about, which is I am appalled that the Klan still gets to host rallies in Ohio under free speech. Get the fuck out of here. At some point, it's hate speech. As musicians, my Ooh. question to you is, oh, shit. at what point <laughs> is it free speech? And then when is it hate speech? And when you can just tell a guy to go fuck himself? Because I don't think anyone in here is like, you know, I think the clan has some solid fucking points. <laughs> they have some good points. No, they they made not. some pretty solid arguments. Dirty Fuss does not endorse the clan. Because I actually, not. you know, with this whole Me Too thing and all that shit that's going on, um, I read a, an interesting piece. I don't remember what it was or what the whole thing was about, but there was this one section where it was talking about at a certain point, you know, a society has to become intolerant of intolerance. And we're not willing to do that because a long time not. ago, somebody with a feather was like, you can say whatever the fuck you want. And we took that as a very literal yeah. sentence. We took that like, every car. That's too outdated. The yeah. same for like a hundred yeah. million years or however long the Christians think we were here. Which well, at a certain point, man, it's like you got to gotta say enough. Like Just a number. That's great. But yeah, I mean, I just like, I don't get that because I don't know if you guys have that issue being from <laughs> Nashville. From Nashville. <laughs> Mm, yeah, so racist in Nashville. Oh, for, yeah, for sure. But <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I I don't notice it in a lot of other states. Florida seems to be the only other one that seems that the Klan is openly coming out in hoods at rallies, going, "Hey, by the way, to clutter up your brain, we'll we're still here." In case you were wondering, well, you, <laughs> I haven't thought about you cross burning motherfuckers since I learned when MLK died. You know, what? that was a tragedy. Mm-hmm. You being around is a disappointment. You know what's nice exactly. about it is that like anybody that's defending the Klan on the basis of free speech. You could probably assume they're a piece of shit. Probably so. assume that they say the the hard the R hard N word yeah. whenever the door closes. Uh, yeah. This black lady moved in with me this week. It's like, like why does oh that even God, matter to the story unless she likes chicken or something? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, buddy, that's not an easy race joke to make. <laughs> but yeah, I just I don't I don't uh, I don't get the clan. There's gotta be. A I don't I don't get it. Like like you're telling me right now. I could go to every single clan member and none of them like Prince. No way. You know what? It, you know He's what too good of a mind? guitar player. You know At some it, point, <laughs> you're going to catch somebody <laughs> tapping their feet. You're not going to be like, we all hate every African-American guitar player. How about you just got shitty taste in music? How about that's why you're a fucking a clan member? You know what it brings to mind is like the free speech thing, which I get because I'm a proponent of free speech, but it's like I reminded the big Lebowski when he's like, hey, you're not wrong, Donnie. You're just an asshole, man. It's like. Yeah, that's Free a good moment. Free speech is important, but you're also a fucking asshole. You shouldn't always use it to be a dick. No, definitely oh, not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like, it just, it gives me a little bit of a brain aneurysm to think about. The fact that like there are, right now, as we speak, white dudes in like flannel shirts and jeans yeah. walking around with absolutely holding everything under their tongue. And then as soon as the night comes, they fucking the don night. a hood. <laughs> Trudge out to the middle of nowhere with a bunch of other white guys, not touch their dicks, but in some sense of the form, put the all their dicks in a big pile and go, hey, 
we're racist and we're proud. I just don't get where that comes from. Like, what's so cool about being racist? You miss out on a lot of good food. I think they missed out on a lot. Like, there's something missing that they just don't understand. There's a lot they're missing out. For one, I know that they've never been to, like, an all-you-can-eat Mexican buffet because the word Mexican (laughs) is is in the title. Which is is the shit. We'll talk about that. Mexican buffets are the best. And if you're a clan member, I'm not afraid to say this. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck it. Just take a good old... On behalf of Dirty Fuss, I can say, go f- <laughs> if you're in the clan, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, we're not go trying to pull yourself. your kind no, of crowds don't out. Don't come to our shows if you're in the clan. Do not show up, Do not show up. if you are racist, basically. But uh, yeah, switching from that, period sex is wild. And it's kind of messy. But is kind of. Re- well, super it's a- messy. Well, it depends how many I'd towels say not, you lay down. I'd say eight times out of ten, it's <laughs> yeah. it gets messy, yeah. at least... Okay. Yeah. My question to you, being all men in this in this room, and we can each Addison's go gender go, fluid. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we have a gender neutral bathroom. That's why I am very. I was like, I'm okay with it. I'm just probably not going to try to fuck you myself. Yeah. But I'm cool if you want to fuck He's me because it makes up. me feel wanted. <laughs> but my question to you about period sex is that one: is there a point to it? And two: if so. Is it rewarding as girls make it out to be? Because it seems that for them, while girls I think are that's on their really period, that's, it's that's their like them. overdrive of like just put your dick in me. Like <laughs> yeah, it, it's well, just at this, one point, I don't want to sex from the female perspective. I can't speak to that. I've never actually been with a woman, I've never, so I'll yeah. have to take your notes on it. <laughs> but um, those of you who have had any, I guess, period endeavors, I had that, a crazy girlfriend. Um, yeah, college. <laughs> College times. Um, That's now for me. Um, it wasn't she, that long ago. Yeah, for him I, <laughs> you may have made a point in, in terms of like the moment that time struck. It was kind of like I knew what time of month it was, and it was like you could tell it was like, hey, um, I know we're at the pool, but you this is to about to be room? a big gusher at the pool. Yeah, I was like, we'd be at the pool. It's like, hey, I am really horny. I'm like, thanks. I'm getting sunburnt right now. Let's go inside. Cool. I'm ginger and I'm falling victim <laughs> to the sun. This yeah, does so, not help me. So I was like, alright, let's go inside. And yeah, it was just chaos. Was, how many towels like do you have? How, you how crazy is to do? But at some point, you feel like you have well, to. Well, like, not gonna not. not. I mean, that's a good... It's like Depending shit. on how much you drink and how much your girlfriend drinks. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I think that's also... There's a lot of factors into it. I personally and whenever this airs this is gonna be a hilarious stories story whenever my girlfriend hears this but my girlfriend recently went blind for just a day only one day that was the funny part she's just standing there we're talking about some random bullshit and she goes brighton i can't see anything i was like what do you mean by that can you describe that to me she goes everything is black and I was like, well, you could say African-American. And she's like, I mean my vision, asshole. And I was like, oh, okay, well, why are you telling me this? And she's like, well, one, I need you to help me. I'm like, oh, okay, I get that too. And she goes, here's the other reason I'm telling you this. I have to empty my cup. Oh, no. Oh. By that reaction, you can already tell what this means. My girlfriend does not use tampons. My girlfriend does not use period pads. My girlfriend uses a rubber shot glass of a fucking cup that fills with blood and constantly is emptied. To each their own, but yeah, I mean... Yeah, which saves... Which I'm here to advocate at least, like, that's a really good thing that most women should use because it saves you so much money and saves so much environmental costs on cotton and bad disposables that don't biodegrade over time. (laughs) 
So it's not. I get why. Well, it's but funny at the same time, I don't want to see it. It's funny you say that because I don't use toilet paper. I poop into a cup. I actually take big dumps yeah. outside and just hope and no I one just looks. Hope, and yeah. I just, like <laughs> fingers crossed. But uh, wait, wait. Okay, so real quick though, like, what the fuck? Why did she go blind? She didn't explain she it. Still, does not she at not all. Know? To this day, yeah, did, she most, to did she get it checked out? Rolling the dice and hoping it doesn't happen again. She should go to the doctor. She should get that checked. She was like, "What's her name?" Abby. Abby, go to the doctor. Abby, this is a lot of other people telling you probably go to the doctor. You might want to get that checked out. So once she tells me that, I'm like, oh God, what does that mean for me? And she's like, well, I'll take it out of me, (laughs) which is never a good sentence. I'll be the one to take it out of me. I think the key word is out. Yeah, out, not in. But she's like, I'll take it out. I just need you to empty it. I'm like, oh, that's a thought and a half. Yeah, so I fucking take a knee. For all of society. And then literally she take t- a knee. Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> took two, actually. She takes it out, and she's, like, about to dump it. I grab her hand because she's not even over the goddamn toilet. <laughs> so can you imagine not <laughs> only having to help her, but now she's blind. If she spills it, I can't even ask her to help clean up. I've got to do it. Oh, and being a hemoflobin, which is not a man who does not enjoy the company of a gay person, it is the person who cannot deny the sight of blood and gets a little freaked out about it, which I've given blood it's fine but when it's like straight just a cup of blood i'm fucking good it's a special kind of blood yeah it's a special time yeah it's, it's my special time of the week it's more like a sadistic time for me but she That's a story uh, for your grandkids by the way yeah right but she she needed help and in a moment i was like oh it's like a dying dog like you can't say no and if you, you walk away no. you oh, feel no. like you're a you, horrible person when you go to heaven that dog will be there and like why didn't you help me asshole i was drowning <laughs> so i feel like it was one of those situations where i was like i think i'm getting into heaven if there is a heaven for this so you definitely get to keep your girlfriend i grab yeah, yeah. i at least get that i grabbed her hand i dumped the cup which the worst part of the whole thing was she refused to let me flush immediately <laughs> That was the worst part. She was blind as shit, and she's like, hold on, I got to wipe. And I'm like, can I flush it? She goes, let me let me wipe first. I don't want to flush twice, which I get saves water. But, dude, by this point, I'm seeing the different layers of blood Oh no, no, you want separate that gone. as if it's in a centrifuge in my toilet. <laughs> Your look is exactly right. I had to live this, oh and now I'm just God. telling you the story. Yeah. It was bad as bad can get. You're a good man, bro. I think I'm a nice a person. <laughs> Uh, then she just went to bed and woke up like nothing happened. And I'm just like, I can't unsee. Wait, like, I did, did she wake up yeah. with vision? Yeah. That's the weirder Dude, part. Go to the So Abby, piece of me thinks that it was like maybe the blood or maybe it was her sugar levels or something dumb. <laughs> oh. Ooh, ooh, she just wanted to see how far you go. You know, oh, I've shit. never even considered that to be an option. Ooh. That maybe she was just like, I'm going to pretend to be blind. And if he things. helps me. I'll suck his dick. Let's see yeah. if he's the one. If not, yeah. no blowjob. No blowjob. Oh, Got a blowjob. You, go. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve that. Love you, Abby. But uh, she uh, she's not obviously listening now because this is being pre-recorded. But every time I do a show, she messages in because you can message our DJ oh, and cool. she'll always say, "This is Mrs. Disappointment telling you not to make an ass of yourself on air or something." And, you're like, it's too <laughs> late. and then I'm like, "I can't <laughs> read ass out loud. Don't type it." Right. And it's hard. But yeah, I just oh god, periods. They're all over the place. Does anyone else have any terrible period stories? I mean, if you've got a good period story, <laughs> this is the time to tell it. Because I don't think anything's going to trump my blind shot Definitely glass. nothing that good. No, of I a can't. Bloody Mary being dumped down at like four in the morning. I can't top that, but I think the worst thing that happened to me is I took a girl to a concert downtown. And I was just, for whatever reason, I was just in a rush that day. Like, trying to get there, back, and whatever. And we're walking back from the show. Great show, whatnot. 
And I'm like, hey, what's what's going on? Why are we walking so slow? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm just not feeling good. I'm like, all right, whatever. We walk about another quarter mile, and I look down at her, and her white jeans have a red splotch in front of oh, her crotch. I'm like, no. How do I tell her? How do I like get her out of like? My other thing is, how do you not notice? Like it's seeping. Like I notice it when there's like good one raindrop on me. How do you not notice when there's a flood between your legs? Look, I, I think we I can don't... all agree that the only period story that matters is that women suffer every month, and we have no idea what it's like. And okay? we have, and as five guys, and as five guys, all with penises, yeah. have no right we'll to never, say we'll never understand. We, we goddamn we'll never know. Periods. Gender fluid. Um, Sorry, so I'm, I'm expecting mine at the end of the period. <laughs> I actually yeah. bleed from the ass every day, so I kind of understand where you're coming from. <laughs> and I just use, I just wear a diaper. All the time. That would be a little bit easier of a means to fucking it's deal with it. Easier for him, but harder on everyone else. <laughs> God, this is this got to be gross. <laughs> I love it. You're the dirty fuss. You're living yeah. up to the name. Hey, it's we're not, just gonna be brutally honest. If it's you ask not this enough. Question. <laughs> it's not enough to sing songs about certain things. You've got to live the life. You got to be that dirty fuss. Listening to Bill Burr and Tom Segura in the car all day. So we're in. Dude, a very, oh, uh, we're there. Fuck yeah, on your comedy a choices. Very unfiltered state of mind, I guess. Very much so. <laughs> I absolutely. What's your guys' favorite comedians? I mean. Bill, Bill Burr, Burr Tom for, Segura, Bill Cosby. <laughs> Why do you laugh? Ooh. He was a very good stand-up. <laughs> oh no, he what was great. He done? I've been out of the the news lately, you know but to my knowledge, he's you know a pretty funny guy. Up, though, is that like he was really funny? So here's and so how here do you deal with that. Sort of a shelter shock for anyone listening at this time for my very first show is that was the very first topic I decided to do on air, which was yes, Bill Cosby did a bad thing. Yeah. I'm not here to say any different. But I am not willing to say that we are just going to throw away 45 years worth of comedic stand-up work because he raped some chicks. Yes, he did it, and it's wrong, and it's bad. Check. Other side note, he provided an outlet for an African-American family to be on television in in a public eye that wasn't in a derogatory way like Everybody Hates Chris did to where it was still in the Bronx. No, this was a black family who was well-educated, were doctors, had money, were well-off, weren't struggling. It was a good thing for society. Not to mention inspired Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock. Yeah, and every single stand-up book, which are like 40 that I've owned, every single book references Bill Cosby. That's not a coincidence. The man lived and breathed comedy. I don't think it's will I don't think it's ever okay to say that yes, bad people do bad things, but that doesn't mean that their skill isn't present. That doesn't mean a good good just because a guitarist beats the shit out of his wife yeah. does not John mean he Lennon, still <laughs> does not Jerry mean he Lewis. can't still pull a pretty tasty lick. Well dude, it's a it's a it's a really um big issue in our society at the moment which is how do you reconcile the fact that great artists or great you know whatever they do scientists anybody that that contributes to society in such a big way and then also turns out to be a huge piece of shit in their personal life it's like how do you reconcile that and how do you is it okay you know as a society, I feel like we're struggling with that. Like, as a like nation we're right now. we're trying to find the happy median to yeah. say what he did was wrong, but we still like his stuff. But we're not defending him. It's just a lot of back and forth. And how there's do not you back one who sentence. You care about, but how do you not like? Yeah. How do you not? You know, My biggest issue is the double standard. Which yeah. Is mm-hmm. Like it seems to be like okay, let's take a let's take a big one. Let's fucking go there, Louis. Okay. Louis? Oh, I have. All right. We are. We also talked about that. I have no fucking issue with Louis. I have we don't absolutely. Really Sorry, I girls. have this big problem yeah. with the way New York 
stand-up comics are treating Louis C.K. Yeah. Yes, he did a bad thing, but before it ever came out, he wrote letters to the New York Times, Fox News, CNN, literally every major news publication saying, here's what happened. I am guilty. Yeah. I am sorry. It's also pretty unclear what actually happened. There were like yeah. three or four people in the room and everybody else is just fucking guessing. So yeah. Like, and the whole problem I have with that is that while it completely took away from his skill in a stand-up, Louis C.K. is one of the funniest comedians to walk this earth, in my opinion. Absolutely. His show, Louis, depicts the struggling life of a comedian absolutely perfect. Greats, man. He does great work on and offset. He's a good voice actor. He's done so much stuff. And then as soon as that happened, like Thanos' snap... Everything was gone. No spoilers. We haven't seen it, by the way. I uh, mean, by this point, I feel like you should have seen Infinity War, not oh, Endgame. Know, I was yeah, like, that, that part, no, I feel know like that. you just should know that there's a snap. Well, not only that, dude, but it's like, you know, we have a judicial system for a reason. And in this past couple of years, there's just been this trend of like, you know, you know judging, convicting, and fucking crucifying people in the court of public opinion. Yeah. And that is not okay. And it's and not. it's not what we do. And that's not even what our judicial system was built for in the first place. It was first built put in place to say all right people do bad things we're going to put them in a place for not that long of a time and then they're going to get fixed and then they're going to be right out back to society <laughs> that is absolutely not the case today today's age it's okay how many people can we get in trouble yeah how much bigger can we build our well, prisons for profit, so like exactly how much money can we make off bodies because we're no longer looking at these people like people once they get into the system now they're just numbers which is an absolute terrible mentality it is slave labor like they fucking yeah. they make but people act there. Like, like this was make... like a new thing this has been an issue since merle haggard first became a musician that's what he built his entire career off of was being a convict was coming yeah. out of prison after seeing johnny cash tour his prison and go wow i don't think i want to be a criminal anymore i think i want to be a musician and then made a life out of that this has been a long running issue well, in so america yeah, to get what we were, we were talking about before you know the double standard so louis does what he did yeah he gets crucified he has a fucking 35 million dollar day where he loses his career yeah. overnight and then you have someone like john lennon who is universally accepted as almost a christ figure in music yes and he was a real piece of shit a little bit of a piece of shit. So where where is the consistency and the judgment and and is what's happening now, you know, is it more of just a knee-jerk reaction to like our fucking A piece of me also kind of thinks it's coming from a, this new society that thinks they have everyone's opinion matters yeah, when it doesn't. Which it doesn't. On no, top of the fact no. that every single person <laughs> on the world probably not every single person because that's a pretty broad statement, but most people in the world now have access to the internet. Well, they have a voice. And they have a voice. Yeah. And that's a powerful thing because once a bunch of people start saying the same thing, it sounds like a chant. Yeah. And that's dangerous. And that's kind and even of if where... they're chanting like ham and cheese, it's like, it's okay, still like, like, I guess I want a ham and cheese. Oh, like, God, vegans matter. are going to get upset about yeah. this one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, you can't not offend somebody or do something wrong. So I think at the end of the day, the goal should be just try not to hurt anyone. And if you think something you're doing is hurting someone, probably stop. And if not, keep doing what and you're like, doing because it's like, probably not that bad. Like live and let sense. live, man. Like don't be so quick to judge people. Yeah, you have no idea what their you social no circumstances. And it's like who's you know Jesus said it best, man. Old JC. Yeah. Uh, let he you know if you fucking the stone thing. <laughs> You know what I mean. Aaron, Aaron's Jewish. He doesn't know anything about the Bible. <laughs> I was like, I'm a Buddhist. I'm but the point pretty lost. Stands, which is that, like, you know, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And 
it's really easy to point the finger and it's not it's, so easy to admit. It's so easy to point fingers. Doing. It's the easiest thing to do. The human brain naturally judges things. Yeah. Look so at them. they're made for pointing. Yeah, they're they're like, what's that thing? What's that thing? Did that thing bad? What's <laughs> that? that? I think bad? most people find it easier to find the differences. I wonder what it's their like looking like. at people, it's like, okay, I don't like this, that, or you know. Yeah. It's easier for people to just list off, hey, I don't like this, 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 or that, but to find the similarities or common interests between, you know. Us for just people you don't even know. Yeah. It's also a really easy way to like, you know, transfer focus off of yourself. Yeah. To say, no, that guy's a piece of shit. And it's like, hey, man, you're no fucking spring chicken yourself. Like, why don't you relax? You're also a cuck lord who yeah. likes to <laughs> to like to beat on his wife yeah. and try it out and drinks a lot. <laughs> yes. Go at you at home. Beat your well, wife. See how that out, goes dude. for you. Yeah. I don't think well. <laughs> But yeah, I uh, I just deep, Brighton. This has gotten real. This is not. I was gonna say I didn't want to deviate too much, but like the whole PC thing, it's like that really pisses me off. Like you don't need to hurt anybody, but the whole PC thing, like after a while, you gotta just tell them to go. Like this is how it is, and if I offended you, sorry. But that's another thing. I've never been a pro advocate of like getting rid of bullying completely because once you get rid of bullying, then you're just gonna have a generation of pussies. Continuously be raised, yeah, which sort of what we're seeing. I am happen, totally man. a part yeah. of because I am a pacifist. I practice the way of pussy fist. Like it's not yeah, a well known kung fu art, but it's still the one I practice. And it's still a question to say: At what point do you say you have to bully society, and you need that? You need spikes because if you create a world of smooth surfaces, you lose your edge, well, and you, you need, lose. You need boundaries. Or you need something to keep you harmony. You need yeah. a harmony you between need to the toughen two. Up. I mean, like, you need to toughen up, <laughs> dude. Here's a fun story about bullying, man. I had one bully in my life. His name was JJ. I, he was like in fucking first grade. Shout out to JJ. Shout out to JJ. Wherever you are right now, man. You piece and, uh, of shit. Fuck you, JJ. For a really long time, and then one day we were making paper airplanes in class, and he was an expert at it, and I didn't have a fucking clue. And I was like, JJ, will you show me how to make a paper airplane? And he did. And after that day, he was totally fucking cool to me. Wow. So like. That's all it took. He that was bridged bully. the gap yeah, was man. paper airplanes. He was a bully, but also he was just a really lonely kid. And yeah, and he didn't know how to like outlet. No. And another piece of me thinks that bullying needs to exist because that's how you immediately identify, oh, that's the kid who's going to come out to be gay later in his life. <laughs> or, that, or that's <laughs> that the kid who's help. repressing a lot of stuff right now yeah, that's man, eventually going to... Like, like at some point he may turn out all right, but right now he's, he's definitely going an a, asshole. a rough patch. Yeah. yeah, he's not a nice guy. But, uh... To switch gears a little bit, because we've been, we've been getting, <laughs> going down say, a rabbit hole. To say that that rabbit hole was kind of deep. Cigars are kind of weird to me, because when I first look at a cigar, it makes me feel like it's a dying culture of old men. But at second glance, it's a it's a form of wealth, and it's a it's a symbol that you've made it, and you're not you've got also no worries. <laughs> and it's also just a big it's cock a big in the dick. mouth, and it's just a stogie. <laughs> what a what do you guys think about cigars? Do you think that they're gonna keep persisting for all of time or do you think eventually Venezuela will no, I think explode in Cuba we'll Cuba will sink and then eventually we're like we don't really need them anymore and they're not going to be I that popular I'm the only one here that actually enjoys cigars I've tried to smoke a cigar and to my knowledge I think that's how I got strep throat so I don't really? think I smoked it right because I being of virus, the like, being of the hippie community as soon as I hit something the first intent is <gasps> No, hold this as deep right. as you can. Yeah, no. That was the first mistake I made that night. The second mistake was to keep smoking the cigar. All right. I mean, what? you have bad friends, man, because they didn't tell you how to do it. No, they didn't. They were like, dude, I'll clip before you light it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, this, I feel like I should be like, I should be in charge of an oil rig or something when I smoke this. <laughs> like, yeah. 
like <laughs> an oil <laughs> ring smoking a, a cigar. Yeah, yeah, I should have a top hat and monocle yeah. and go, mm, the greyhounds this day look very doggish. Like, I think you nailed it, though. Like, I don't know anybody who smokes cigars or that. Dude, I mean, you know, I've who, smoked a cigar once for The last uh, person I met that like, casually smoked mm-hmm. cigars was this, like... I want to say 70-something black dude who sits outside of the Wiley's Comedy Club every single day and smokes cigars. But I feel like that's part of his image. Like, he's lived that life to get <laughs> to that point. It's of not like, a casual yeah. thing. Yeah, like, you yeah. have to hate yourself for a long time and then grow old and go, whatever. There's a lot of self-loathing behind it. Well, you know who did smoke cigars, though, is fucking Matthew McConaughey and Reign of Fire, man. And as a, as a bald guy, he's, yeah. like, the model for, like, bald... Macho masculinity <laughs> in that movie, only in that movie. Oh, and and I think Larry David said this. He said, you know, cigarettes. He quit smoking cigarettes, but you know, cigarettes are you know you're in a rush. You gotta you gotta yeah you gotta, you gotta you gotta go. You gotta like a minute to spare. Right, but cigars are somebody that doesn't really have, you know, have anything to, to do anywhere to be right away. You know, they're gonna maybe just watch know? the ocean. When's either, the last either time? Because you just... you're rich or you're homeless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of those. One of the two. But either way, you've got a lot of time to got kill. A lot yeah. of time on your hands. Maybe maybe that's the point. Stogies and cigars, they exist just to kill time. And it's at a great some time point waster. it's a contemplative art. <laughs> <laughs> I like to personally empty my cigars and fill them with a lot hilarious more things, but uh that's just me. Like uh like snakes in a can or what do you mean? Nah, I'm talking more devil's lettuce. But uh jazz cabbage. Jazz cabbage. Yeah. You like that Some jazz cabbage? cabbage? Yeah. So you like jazz? So you like jazz? Fun fact, uh Jerry Seinfeld every single movie he's been he's worked that line into. The B movie, literally every single movie yeah. that sentence is in it. <laughs> really? Just like every episode of Seinfeld, Superman is in it. I don't know if you knew that, but every and, and single it's on his uh, bookshelf. Yeah, yeah, every single episode of uh, uh Seinfeld either the Superman logo will either be on his shelf, sometimes the book isn't there but then like the logo will be somewhere in the city mm-hmm. and they sneak it in on like a newspaper it's very clever that's awesome and, it, and it's very that. like a jewish form of writing it's like we're right. gonna sneak some stuff in the background but yeah. you're not gonna see you're not it. gonna notice you're not gonna <laughs> notice until it's too late then you're like ah now we have to give them a holiday do you, do you watch the uh, comedians in cars getting coffee that is one of my favorite shows of all time great man. the best episode is when he has obama on because that, oh, that is the ass. best episode because they can't drive anywhere. No. Oh, yeah? They just take a couple laps in the front lawn yeah. and he's like, we're just going to go out and get a quick coffee. You're a comedian with the President of the United States. You're not going, you're not anywhere. going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. It's not happening. Coffee, yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll suck your dick if you want, but you're not leaving the premises of this White House. <laughs> and then they just go to the basement. I would have a heart attack if I saw Jerry Seinfeld and Obama just having a coffee. That it's doesn't like, happen. <laughs> That's like out leave. of a comic book or something. <laughs> yeah. My favorite moment out of that entire show was when Jerry Seinfeld had that episode with Steve Harvey which is a great episode they're walking on the street and some got to yell something and Jerry Seinfeld can't quite hear him and he goes what would he say and Steve Harvey goes he said is that Jerry Seinfeld and Steve Harvey you motherfuckers when you get that motherfucker from a stranger that's how you know you've made it in people's lives that's when you know you matter when you get a motherfucker not those guys it's motherfucker I'm gonna have a lot my of My favorite editing. bit was when he and Michael Richards go out to get some lunch and Michael Richards is wearing a, a disguise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a blonde wig and these dark glasses and like everybody recognizes him like they know who he is. But, you know uh, what's really, to bring back our Louie topic, they did an episode with Louie and they cut it. 
I, a, I remember I, seeing but, stuff about that. But they used a scene of it secretly in the Tina Fey episode because Jerry Seinfeld nearly has a fucking heart attack because what they're doing is they're driving in New York and Tina Fey's telling him the story of this watch that she's wearing mm-hmm. that has an insignia. It's a Rolex. It's a $50,000 Rolex. And in the inside it says, you're a funny motherfucker. The fact that you went to a Rolex place and got that inscribed is pretty great. That Baller. was a gift from Chris Rock that was given to her and Louis C.K. While she was telling that story, Jerry Seinfeld's eyes light up and goes, you're not going to believe this, but a week ago I was in this exact same location doing this show at the exact same time of day when Louis C.K. was telling me the exact same story that happened to him. Wow. Isn't that crazy, that yeah. singularity moment of like, wow, you shared... Like that to me is like more in more important to our history than fucking any of these legislations that we're passing or anything right. like that. Like that moment right there, that realness of like, no, you're not gonna believe this. But I was with Louis C.K. That sentence already itself is like a lot to handle. Of like, wow, that's a lot of comedy in one right. car. <laughs> that's a whole lot of funny in a can. But I don't know. I love comedians and cars getting coffee. It's one of my Great. favorite shows, and I definitely. Think everyone listening should watch it. If not, listen to this show first. <laughs> Dude, the Louis episode is still on Netflix. I watched it recently. Is it still? Where they they ride around in that uh, these a Fiat and that have wicker seats. I've seen it, but I swear they took it off it's, Netflix. It, I mean, I, I'm not calling but you a being, liar, but it was no. Like but on being there Jerry Seinfeld, I'll it makes, call you a liar. You can call me anything you want, baby. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn. Well, this Terry got folds. heated. Suck my Damn. Terry folds. Oh, but uh. But I definitely, I've noticed that like a lot of the comedians in, I hate to say it, it's really just comedians like getting in trouble recently. Like the guy from that 70s show who was on the ranch, they wrote him off the show because of his sex allegations. Flo- uh, Lloyd. Did he do something though? Like pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know. I, well, I don't know what he did, but to my knowledge, they never proved it and it was just allegations. But right then you're willing to cut them on an allegation. You don't even know if it's true. It could just be some chick trying to get a paycheck and vice versa. You really should treat those situations with a lot of seriousness. But at the same time, isn't it really crazy to say, hey, this is a comedian. He's well known for being an asshole and being all over the place on many different topics. And maybe he just rubs one person the wrong way. And maybe someone's just enacting their revenge. Corporations are pussies and they're not willing to like. Yeah. They're not willing to fuck with the bottom line at all for Mm -mm. any reason. So it's like if there's even the hint of like. Especially with today's climate, it's just like, yeah, fuck him. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck Whatever. that guy. Hop Whatever. on the fuck it bandwagon. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. And I hate that because I really think people should take the time to really look into what happened, Absolutely. not just go, yeah, he probably raped her. You don't know if he raped her. Yeah. You weren't there. It's like I was eating a ham sandwich. Like I, I, I was reading the news and having some cereal, and this is what comes up. I yeah. just wanted frosted flakes. But, uh, Dave Chappelle's bit about whenever the police were looking for a black guy between four eleven and six eight or something like that, and he's like, "I was I was standing on a clock holding today's newspaper and jerking off." He's like, Dave Chappelle jerking off, standing on a clock holding newspaper. <laughs> he had an alibi. Man. Oh, don't even bring up Dave Chappelle to me. He's one of my favorite comedians yeah, in the world, and I'm constantly the fighting the urge to stalk his home because he lives very close to here. I, we're in Ohio. Yeah, that. he yeah. lives in Yellow Springs, which is 20 minutes from no here. Oh. Yeah, does he live in like the most insane fucking house? I feel Please like, tell me it's up on a hill and it's some bougie like badass. Dude, I've heard that he just like walks around town He's and just, just goes dude. to the fa- same diner every day. And yeah. I'm like, I think if I saw Dave Chappelle, I would maybe cream my jeans. Like I don't know if I could withstand. The force of coming ferociously at the sight of a comedian. Right. <laughs> he seems like he just sort of wants to be a regular guy in yeah. a lot of ways. Like, but at some point, I think you give that up. 
Definitely. If you want to, if you really want to make the world laugh and impact the world, or be a musician, or be anything that has weight to it, at some point you're giving up that right to Absolutely. privacy. Or you reach a threshold if you want to be that big of a personality. I mean, like if I saw Bill Murray, none of us would go. Let's not bother him. Like, yeah, Every cool. single Everybody's going like, to walk up um, and bother that dude. That's fucking Bill Murray. There's no chance I'm not going to go try to talk about Ghostbusters or something. Yeah, he's <laughs> a weird one, though, because he's like... He, he's indigenous for being weird in the super world. Super weird. He loves those kind of stories. And that's what and that's what I've really started to do in my life. I've really started to put myself in situations that I wouldn't normally be in because that's where comedy comes from. It's from unexpected pinballs of situations that you don't expect to happen. That's why Bill Murray ended up posing in a random couple's wedding photos. Yeah. That's why Bill Murray ended up doing dishes at a college party. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, is that Bill Murray in your kitchen? <laughs> like, that's the best story ever. Yeah. You're impacting millions of people's lives. He just randomly he my favorite one of all is that he just randomly shows up to this construction crew and start reading poetry what (laughs) you're just doing construction all of a sudden bill murray's like a sonnet from me like is that fucking bill murray it's like Like, is this bill is this the guy from ghostbusters is this the guy from groundhog day like what the fuck's going on it's funny though because like he can get away with it because he's bill murray but if like you but if i I did that they'd be like who's this 20 year old call the cops pube faced (laughs) asshole oh no they're just whooping ass they're just like get this kid out of here they wouldn't even wait they'd be like he's a pacifist we can just beat him one of my favorite bill murray stories like that that i ever heard was where he just like walked up to someone on the street and gave him a big hug and then like whispered in the ear like no one will ever I think I think the actual story of that is the guy was at a urinal. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's taking a piss, and Bill Murray just creeps up behind him and goes, "No one will ever believe you," and just leaves. And, and the like, guy's like, and then he, and he literally just walked back to his friends and goes, "That was Bill Murray in the bathroom." He goes, "No, no it, it wasn't." wasn't. He, goes, he just said this exact Get thing. The fuck out and it's of like, here. oh, Nani, it's very surprising. That guy's in a straight jacket now. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely. And criminalized in some kind of institution. And Bill Murray goes to visit him, and yeah. it's just like, no one will believe I did. Hold your and nobody's like, gonna believe you. <laughs> it's like, no one will believe you met one of the only living Ghostbusters. I think <laughs> Except there's, for, I think what's his face? There's two alive. Yeah. Two are dead. Ego, Egon, Ego he wasn't dead. a Ghostbuster, though. He was no, he Gozer. Wasn't. He was the gatekeeper. No, he was looking for Gozer. What about right? Ghostbusters 2? Now, we blazed through the break. We don't even need it. I'll edit it in post. We are blazing through this hour and before we get off here, and I'm going to give you guys another chance to plug anything you guys want to plug, but being Plus. a connoisseur of tattoos, I gotta say, I love your finger tattoos. That's I gotta fun. ask a little bit, what's with the play? Like, what's the story behind that? Because I think every tattoo's got a story, and I've got one tattoo. And I'll show it if you want, but I gotta take my shirt off. Do it. Uh, yeah. So Let's we'll, we'll get definitely, it. I'll definitely show it off to you guys, because yeah, I love ink. I absolutely adore tattoos, and I absolutely hate the way society treats people with tattoos. Like, oh, you've got tattoos? You probably do heroin. That's where are you getting the that cor- you get that Just because from? I like needles once doesn't mean I like needles all the time. I, don't, I like needles right there, not in me. Yeah, like, not in you know. me, only on the skin. Well, it's like either you did heroin or like you went to Atlanta on your bachelorette party and you all got a burn. Or you lived in Portland for a year. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, this is the coffee shop that I go to? This is actually my grandma's name in hieroglyphics in Egypt that I can't read, so it could very much say swarma. I'm shawarma. not sh- yeah. I'm not totally sure. <laughs> it says smegma in Latin. It smells something. Um, 
But what's with the play? I love I love finger tattoos, and I yeah. think those are kind of a rarity. So that when I saw yours, I was like, oh, there's got to be something with well, that. Well, part of it was definitely just like making the choice to never have a job again. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have been quoted to say, people who get face tattoos are probably not in the mindset of ever trying to go through an again, interview like process. you're either rich or you're homeless. It's yeah, like- <laughs> or you've killed a guy in prison. Yeah. One of those three are probably why. Yeah, so part of it was like, well, fuck, you know, I'm never going to work in a cubicle, so that's... Let's- Take that off the table. But why play? Um, honestly, it was just like I was trying to play more guitar. I was like trying okay. to convince myself to That's practice That's a good answer. More. And now it's like every time I look down, it's like get the fuck up and go practice. Okay. Well, to relay the... the, the... Oh, wait. Sorry. Also, real quick. You're I can fine. Do, I can do this. I can do that. Pay, lay, a, and then it's just like why? 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 <laughs> That's funny. Okay. I uh, to cycle back because I know I humble bragged a little bit. My older brother does play for the Yankees. His name's Dee Dee Gregorius. He's a shortstop. Anybody? I don't know who that. I don't Any know baseball, baseball fans? Guy. That's yeah. what I. I that's I the, that's the reactions him. I absolutely love. I mean, so I he's a shortstop <gasps> for the Yankees. He's, so a, he's a shortstop. Oh my god! No way! Stop abusing oh. your tits. I get it. You like him. Keep he's, it in your pants. Yeah, we don't. We don't talk about baseball. We talk about tattoos and Marvel movies. Let's get over ourselves so were you guys like i mean was it a, a marriage or was there uh we were a host family so he lived with me for like six years but once you live with me for like one year your family is that like foster care yeah. a little bit but it was more like when he was playing triple a ball it was the only chance for like living because oh, okay. he had to use his paycheck to get a hotel room or you live with a family for free we were oh, that family that's cool we're doing Very that good. tonight man <laughs> so in order to do that i was eventually put down this path of meeting him falling in love with Didi as an older brother and eventually having him be the inspiration for my first tattoo and so far my only tattoo um do any of you like God of War play God of War know Uh, what it is it's been a long that's totally fine the (laughs) most recent game came out with a new logo which is the world serpent there's some runes on it and that's actually what my tattoo is and it's also like a circle of protection so let me step away from the mic as I gawk off my skin to these people walking by the window he's gonna show us All right, let's see this. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh hell yeah. yeah. Oh, word, that's dope. A lot. <laughs> like, I was totally fine on God, the line so work, hot. and then he started cut coloring in between my vertebrae, and I was like, mm, I've never wanted to kill myself, but I get it. I'm not gonna, but I get it now. That's where you almost give up, and he's like, come on, dude. <sighs> Just put it in my throat. Just, Just cut it. my jugular. <laughs> But, uh, That's cool, man. I really like the. Um, I love that painted style I like, of tattooing. I, I really tried to go for something cool, and I was like, "Can you make it look like someone painted it on me yeah. forever?" And he was like, "I guess." He's like, "It's I'm, gonna be forever." I don't he's know. Like, I mean, you, you're, you're getting forever. For, you're getting sense, forever, yeah. whether you want it so or not. So it makes me think you know how long yeah. this will last. <laughs> then my dad was upset. He's like, "Why'd you get red?" I'm like, "Cause it's the fucking color of the logo." And he goes, "Why not stone? Why not make it look black and stone?" Stone. Like, First make, of all, stone's not a color. You fucking yeah. Idiot. He's like, "Make it look like rocks," and I'm like, "That sounds nice." Having some rocks on my back forever <laughs> or the rock you get that picture of him just with a the fanny pack on d- that's yeah, a good that's tattoo. The winner right there i think my next tattoo uh spoiler alert for anyone listening to this i think it's gonna be not that i look at any of you as anime connoisseurs but cowboy bebop was an anime oh that my came God, that's my oh, yeah, that's the only anime like really shit i've ever watched okay yeah. well then it's I've that seen it so many times it came out in 1998 which was the year i was born so i was like that's kind of cool to Fun, think yeah. about and I'm going to get a tattoo of Spike on one side of the wall with a cigarette with a foot on the wall. The other side is Johnny Cash with a guitar with his foot on the wall with, with a cigarette. Their smoke is becoming uh, words in between them, which read a mix of both of their quotes, which will in its entirety read off. Uh, I travel or I will. S- I'll see you next time. Sp- 
uh, I'll see you next time, Space Cowboy, across the universe divide, which is, of course, the beginning part, which is, I'll see you next time, Space Cowboy, which is what read at the end of every credit scene of Space Cowboy Bebop. And then across the universe divide is Johnny Cash's line from Highwaymen to where each of them are telling a story. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the song, but... It's in his part. He goes, "I, uh, I fly a starship across the universe divide," and I just there's something about nice that lyric yeah. that was really good to me. So I wanted to mix that because in its entirety, they both felt like space cowboys to me. So now let me ask you this: Yes, because I've heard a lot of rumors about the live action movie. Yeah, what do you what do you think? And can anyone besides Keanu play Spike? I don't even think it's. Ke- I think it's an Asian guy. Oh, that's cool. Which it probably should be. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just an anime all, and it's yeah. made in Japan and they probably get a right to that. Um, I don't know. I don't really know either. I'm not I'm a not piece hopeful. of me. So a piece of me thinks it will be good depending on how they do the dog. Okay. Because if you animate it like Sonic, I'm bad, out. Bad, bad. But if you do like a realistic Corgi, Corgi and you just train one, maybe it'll be good. Which they're I just, super smart. I don't know because the story of Cowboy Bebop I don't feel like you can capture its entirety the way they want to do it because that was a series that was only one season long. That had like two movies, but it was one season long. It started and it ended the entire story in one season it because also, it, it killed off characters. It wanted yeah. people to die. It was a beautiful and example it was about that, that heroes point. don't always live, yeah. but they can die doing something good. It was also incredibly stylized just in terms oh, of the animation. Oh, for the time, dude, it was like space. Like the only other space stuff you had in like 1998 was like Star Wars. Dude, the, and that was kind of it besides Star Trek. Scene in the very first episode where it's Spike and that dude with that fucking crazy red eye drug with the, shit. With the, yeah. And they're fighting oh in the God. Mexican cafe, man. I mean, with the that, beat, it's the fact that each episode ends like a movie yeah. because it ends with the guy being shot by his fiance, who was helping him cartel all oh. of those space drugs, and then she kills him herself and in front of Spike. Alert, yeah, she dies in space. It came out in 1998, folks. Watch it. If you sorry. haven't seen it yet, I'm it sorry, matter. dude. My friend and Why I see you checking your watch. We'll do this quick. You're but, fine. Uh, my friend who also loves Cowboy Bebop, Connor Schwantes. I love you. <laughs> um, he, we were talking about it one time, and he made the point to me that like every episode is is follows the same formula, which is that somebody else comes into their lives. Lives it's to always leave. An external. It's always a third party. Yeah, who comes into their lives and is representative of like some kind of philosophy. Yeah, and it's the story is like them, like reconciling this philosophy. Right, and and ultimately, usually killing somebody or whoever it is. Yeah, but it's also like. I just like it because it, no matter how well they work together, they were never meant to stay together. No. Like the girl goes off on her own it's with the corgi. Spike eventually yeah. goes off on his own and dies. And then the girl goes off. I mean, it's just a beautiful story. So be- it's so human, man. It's like I'm glad we ended this on a very nice note from period talks to, hey. to Cowboy Bebop. Bang. That's all about yeah. it. Before we get off here, ladies and gentlemen... Dirty, uh, dirty fuss is gonna give us anything that they want to say about themselves. Plug anything else? And yes, sir. Man, the album it. is called American Animals. You can follow us online uh, at Dirty Fuss XXL, Facebook, Instagram. Our website is DirtyFuss.com. We play all the time, all over the United States. Please check us out. Please come out to a show. Come and talk to us. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And uh, yeah, just dig the music. Thanks. Anything else from anyone else? I want to party with you. We are going to party after this interview. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> find us on all the socials, Dirty Fuss, XXL. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Disappointing Radio Hour. Thank you for letting us fill your Thursday with nonsense again, and we will see you next time.